Kokomo Friday to Brandon Nimmo today, the guy that we have to talk about every single episode now. Now listen, I'm a little concerned about today's show because just before we went on the air, Chris and Scott were having an in-depth conversation about Brussels sprouts. I cannot imagine a more boring thing to talk about. Brussels sprouts, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Brussels sprouts are great. You gotta, you gotta get with the sprout crowd, man. <laughs> Boring. Scott's back. Hey, Scott. What hey, up? Hey, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise the interest level here yeah. on this podcast. That's what I'm good at, right? Yeah, I right? think so. Yes. I, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, let's say that. Let's just say that. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying that. Uh, we got big let's news. Commit. We got Alex Reyes <laughs> news. We got Clayton Kershaw news. We got Bieber news. We got Bear Claws. We got funny tweets. We got players to add. We got two star pitchers. What's next week? Week 11? No. Week, it is week 11. Oh, week 11. It's true. Week 10 Unless for normal people. Week 11 for the weirdos. Only five weeks left in the season, guys. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, I gotta start. I don't want to start with, uh, with the downer stuff. Let's start with the tweet of the day from the real Mike Life. Question for the fantasy regulators. I will spare everybody the music today. My league has a seven-start maximum each week. I have scooped up the Rays pitchers who come in after the openers since it doesn't qualify as a start. People are complaining. Am I a jerk or a genius? I think there's some something in the middle here between those two extremes. I, I, I don't think you're a jerk. I, I think if the Rays were to continue down this path and certainly if other teams were to adopt it, uh, that we would have to... We would ha- you would have to revisit the way you classify a start in that league, but you're, you're not going to change it mid-season. I don't know how viable I don't know how viable a strategy it is for the Rays still, and I don't know how viable of a strategy it is for you, just because of the opportunity cost of uh, filling a lineup spot with maybe not such a good pitcher. I mean, they're not they're not doing it with their best pitchers. I know Ryan Yarbrough's been pitching well of late. I'm skeptical of how long that's going to last, and. Uh, who's the other guy they're doing it with? Uh, Austin, Austin Pruitt. Pruitt. Like that's like it's like starting a bad two-star pitcher. You're you're getting an extra start in there, but at the expense of a better pitcher, in all likelihood, there, there's a point where it becomes not worth. Well, it. I don't know. So so I think it depends on the format. Is this a daily league? Is this a a weekly league? Because I totally agree with you, Scott. In a weekly league, you're not doing it. But in a daily league, I'm thinking about my daily head-to-head categories league. And actually, yeah, like using Ryan Yarbrough, would, would, if he's going to pitch like this, yesterday five and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, three walks, nine strikeouts. I mean, that's good enough. That, that's helpful. Yeah, sure, that is, if he's that. Yeah. And and that's the only pitcher. Like he talked about picking up multiple race yeah, pitchers. Into yeah, Yarbrough. that's that's where – I mean, Jerker, maybe, jerker like, genius, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, neither. I, <laughs> I say genius. I I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Like, is Evaldi gonna get this treatment? But he didn't in his first outing, right? He actually started that game. Yeah, because yeah, be like, like I, the logic makes sense. Just avoid the best hit, hitters in the lineup. 
with your bad pitchers. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, for years, all the, the Sabermetrics guys have been screaming, oh, keep your closer versatile. Don't, don't reserve him for this one point in the game. Make sure it's a high leverage situation. And what you're doing, what the Rays are doing is they're burning one of their high leverage pitchers in what's, you know, a, a, a pretty tame situation. In fairness. And they're, it's, they're it's limiting their they're limiting their manager's options later in the it's game. Just it's Robo. just Sergio Romo. But Romo yeah. actually might be their closer now. We shall see. Uh, well, all right. Well, that it's that other guy too who started yesterday. Uh, who started it, for the Rays yesterday? That's always going to be a fun oh game. Ryan Stanek. Yeah, that guy. That we could play that. Almost like, every it day. hasn't gone very well lately, right? They keep giving up two runs in the first yep. inning. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I think you're a genius, and uh, I hope it continues to work for you. Yarbrough is probably the only one that would that would uh, have a chance of really making it work. So uh, this is Fantasy Baseball today, and we do have a ton to talk about, and we are welcoming Scott White back. But let's uh, also – ooh, why were we talking about Brussels sprouts earlier? Because Chris is going to uh, purchase the Omaha Steaks package, which we talked about on Monday or Tuesday – Tuesday, I guess. Uh, this is amazing. This is – Forty nine ninety nine for like the most food I've ever seen. Two fillets, two sirloins, f- uh, two pork chops, four burgers, four fried steaks, chicken fried steaks, uh, twelve ounces of meatballs, four frankfurters. You got four uh, fries that serve four people. You got dessert. You got seasoning, and you got an extra four count of Omaha steak burgers. Uh, for forty nine ninety nine, go to omahasteaks.com, and there's no promo code per se. You type in FBT in the search bar. FBT in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tear into that. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so Alex Reyes is on the DL with a significant lat strain. This will solve the rotation problems temporarily, but uh, is, is he definitely worth holding on to, Alex Reyes? Because he could be out a while. So... I was looking back at some other lat strains, like Carlos Martinez is going to end up missing about three weeks uh, with his lat strain, maybe a little more. But when that injury happened, GM for the Cardinals, whose name I can't remember, Grish? Mozalek. No, it was another guy. It wasn't Mozalek. Yeah, Mozalek's the uh, president of oh, baseball okay. ops. It was the other guy. I think it's yeah. Grish or something like that. Yeah. Uh, when Martinez went on the DL, it was like, well, we think he might miss a start or two. This, he said... You know, it's a significant injury, and uh, Roy Halladay missed six to eight weeks, I think six weeks exactly with a lat strain, a couple, like 2012. Um, Syndergaard's last year was a pectoral knot. No, his, his was a lat, and he Chris, obviously missed like three months. Chris, I do apologize. Uh, I've, I've prepared uh, an, a, a, a very ambitious show that there's no way I'm going to get to everything. So I will be speeding everybody up today. <laughs> you can't go through the whole history of lat strains. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was interesting stuff. Ordinarily, the, the, cool okay. The average lat strain has cost a pitcher a hundred days. Wow, I was That's that a long was time. yeah. Uh, St. Louis radio guy retweeted that yesterday. So all yeah. right, and then they say it's a significant one. Um, you know, I we got so excited as it built up to his return that you'd certainly like to hold on to him if you have a DL spot. But uh, you know, if there's a there's a, a crunch there you may not be able to. Sorry, Scott, we have to move on. <laughs> we do have to move on because that's not even the most significant injury. Clayton Kershaw is going to have an MRI on his back, and he could go back on the DL. Back on the DL. Uh, he, he thinks that this back injury is more similar to last year's than 2016's, which was very severe. Last year he missed about 40 days with a back injury. So there's not much you can do about Clayton Kershaw. 
He ended up as the number four starting pitcher uh, last year with only 170 innings. Not sure he's going to get to 170 innings, or it was 175 innings. I'm not sure he's getting there this year. This, uh, he could be out for a few more weeks. I mean, I, I hope his back was hurting pretty badly because he was throwing five miles per hour less on average than last year. Three miles per hour less than before the injury this year. Yeah. Either way, it's that's a big drop. And he still pitched pretty well. Uh, one he run did. And five <laughs> innings for Kershaw. Okay, uh, Shane Bieber was sent to the minors. I thought I really thought the conversation about Bieber was going to be a lot different because he was cruising through four innings. He did not allow a run. It looks like they kind of caught up to his stuff. But you he know, had better stuff than I thought he would. He did. You know, I was wondering when they were going to start jumping on early pitches. And I think they started doing that in the sixth inning. I know Rosario's home run was on the first pitch. Uh, because he just throws strike after strike after strike. And uh, I know a couple batters before that, Miguel Sano crushed a pitch on the first pitch of the at-bat. It did go foul. Anyway, he goes to the minors, has a decent start. Eight hits, four runs, and five and two-thirds with six strikeouts to one walk. He gave up two homers. Bieber's 28% owned. Is that porridge? Too high, too low, or just right? I'd hang on just because of how bad uh, Josh Tomlin has been this season. Okay. But not not like a must-own guy, right? No, I mean, he needed to show better than this. Uh, but, you know, I don't – like, he he was very fastball-heavy in this outing, and I think that would change as he gets more chances. Okay. And Kyle Bearclaw is the new closer for the Miami Marlins, and Al Melchior, friend of the podcast – tweeted um oh wait did he tweet this or did he retweet clark spencer oh i think no i think al quote tweeted clark because this is such an al joke based on mattingly's comments from last night it looks like it's time to pick up a bear claw and maybe grab a latte it's just that's al for you <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> there you go and it's about time by yeah the right way. i think al how many times can ziggler give up three runs in the ninth inning before they pull the plug I will just say I, I'm not super enthused about the Kyle Bearclaw era. He He's a lot less interesting than he looked like he was two years ago. Yeah, no, that's true. Like the league but seems to have caught up. Seems yeah. to caught up. He, he he's given up three guys. hits and 15 appearances. His last yeah, 15 appearances, he, he walks three too hits. many guys and without that insane strikeout rate we saw yeah. two years ago. It's a good strikeout rate. Like he, he could be fine, but like I think Arodis Vizcaino is a better pitcher and we've talked – Several times about how he's right. Know, yeah, not, I th- not necessarily I, good enough to close. I would put him in the Rodas Viscaino, Hector Neris kind of conversation of guys that are like should be good enough to keep their jobs, but probably not like a great pitcher. And I would put him more in the Kelvin Herrera, perhaps Keone Kella conversation, as in guys who are going to get traded. Uh, <laughs> sure. And honestly. I mean that's that's not really a, a laughing matter. You're you're going to start losing closers. Uh, we already lost Alex Colome. You know I'm sure the Marlins want to flip Bearclaw. I don't know about Kella. That one seems no. But um, no, just because he's he doesn't have a lot of service time. Right. Yeah. But but I think Herrera could easily be shipped out. And we didn't yeah. we didn't mention that. I meant to mention it yesterday on uh, the buy low sell high segment. Be aware, closers on bad teams. You knew the risk. You know, you knew what you were getting yourself into. You knew it. <laughs> but there's always a chance that they get traded to a team like Atlanta or Philadelphia where they still close. Kelvin Herrera could still end up yeah. the closer. Right. 
Uh, all right, let's uh, give me give me your favorite two star pitcher for next week. That's owned in less than seventy percent of leagues. It's it's another week where it's like there are some fine options, but the matchups aren't great. My favorite is probably probably uh, hang on, let me pull Joe up Mus- the email. Just I sent say last I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll say Joe Musgrove. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's who uh, it is. Now that I got the email. the matchups are not good. Like versus the Dodgers is not terrible, but then at the Cubs. That's rough, but in that group, he's probably the he's probably the best option. He did just now, face the Cubs, so and pitched very well. And there's like it within, and, and that's barely less than eighty percent owned too. And Fernando Romero falls in that group. He gets the White Sox the first time out, but then I think the Angels right the next turn. Actually, uh, how about this one, okay. Scott? I know you you've been interested in this guy. I mentioned him yesterday as someone who's pitching better than he gets credit for. Sure. Jose Urania kind of has interesting matchups next week. He's at St. Louis and then versus San Diego. At St. Louis, that's a not great matchup, but it's not a terrible one. And then versus San Diego, obviously one of the best matchups in baseball. Meh. Jose Urania, he is pitching pretty well this year. Right. I was not a Jose Urania fan, but he has a 399 FIP. He has a 389 XFIP. He has a... He has like a 350 DRA, which is baseball rep, baseball pr- prospectus's version. DRA? Uh, DRA. Are you well, defensive? Well, you know who pitches something. His pitched well lately is Clayton Richard, and he gets Atlanta first turn, okay, uh, at Miami second turn. So, like, like, I feel like either one of those, if you have a roster spot to play with, you could, you could fit them in, but I would prefer, like, I usually prefer the two start pickup who I have a chance of keeping beyond the week. And I think Nathan Evaldi falls in that category yeah. at Washington versus Seattle. Only 28% owned, but tough matches. Uh, you know, Yikes. six no hit innings in his first start. Um, and uh, had a good spring before needing that arthroscopic procedure on his elbow and throws 100 miles per hour. And we, you know, that's he isn't hasn't... isn't Nathan Evaldi just the OG Jose Arena? The OG. The OG. I'm not sure what you mean by that. He was Jose Arana before Jose Arana. He Scott, threw hard, OG. but he what was What does the OG mean? OG stands for original gangster. Original oh. gangster. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's, Thank you for helping me out with that. You got it. You got it, Scott White. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to come back to two-star pitchers later, but Joe Musgrove would be our favorite. We haven't even mentioned Danny Duffy. I will probably be starting him, and I will be going the entire time. So that's that's my nervous voice. And I'm definitely going to start Fernando Romero. But if he doesn't do well next week, then it might be drop time. Uh, Thursday's standouts. We are going to be finding Nimmo on the waiver wire less and less frequently because he is now 52% owned. He has now scored 22 runs in 26 games as a leadoff hitter. He homered. He doubled. He did strike out twice, but 21 walks to 32 strikeouts this year. I asked Scott off the air. I will ask him on the air now. Scott, who would you rather have, Brandon Nimmo or... Austin Meadows. That's a really tough call. I feel like the Mets need Nemo more than the Pirates need Meadows. But I feel like a dope for being so dismissive of Meadows when he came up uh, because he is totally, totally lived up to the pedigree as opposed to the minor league production. And the Pirates obviously found a way to get him in. They're going with the four-man rotation in the outfield there, obviously. And he seems to be a big part of that. Uh, I guess if everybody's healthy, like between the two outfields, Corey Dickerson is probably the weak link. And so that would favor Meadows. But like, 
Nemo's been such a good leadoff hitter for the Mets. I I feel like there's there's always going to be they're always going to be finding excuses to start him. Right. We, no we can't what. forget that they do have Cespedes. Well, look, they say that Cespedes has a, a somewhat chronic hip injury. So yeah, there was I don't some know weird what he's coming yesterday. back. And yeah, they're frustrated with with Cespedes. But Nimmo, it's Cespedes, Conforto, Bruce. They I guess they could try Bruce at first base. Uh, just just keep it in mind that neither Nimmo nor Meadows has a 100% clear path to everyday playing time. But they are both batting either first or second typically in the order. I know Meadows sat yesterday. Um and they're both playing great. So yeah, Nimmo's 52% owned. Chris, uh, you mentioned Daniel Mengden and this being the year of the Daniel Mengden like pitcher. Uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, and he comes out and goes eight innings, gives up three runs against the Rays, strikes out five. I went back and, and looked at the last five starts he made last year, Daniel Mengden, and this was either – I'm guessing he was called up in September. Uh, maybe he was on the DL or something. I think he was just called up because he, he pitched earlier in the year. But last five starts after coming up in September, he had a 154 ERA, six walks, 26 strikeouts in 35 innings, and a good amount of innings too, 35 in five starts. Uh, so this is continuing for Mengden, who is 78% owned and has a 2.91 ERA and just a very low strikeout rate. Do you buy it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about strikeout rate a lot, and that is important. It's it's not something to be dismissive of, but it's important also within the context of strikeout to walk ratio, and that's where he looks like a really good pitcher. 4.5 K to walk, uh, going back to the start of 2017. 299 ERA, but 359 FIP uh, going back to the start of 2017. I think Daniel Mengden's going to be useful. He's got a good offense behind him and a very good defense, actually. The, uh, you know, I, I think there's, I think, I think he needs to be owned. Okay, so is he going to? Are you worried about the the Trevor Williams scenario, where like it seemed like Trevor Williams kind of needed to be owned, and he's been pretty bad his last five starts or so. And this is a guy who has 47 strikeouts in 68 innings, and Mengden has 48 strikeouts in 74 and a third innings, so similar rate there. The difference is the walks. Trevor, yeah, Trevor Williams doesn't have any standout skills. Like Trevor Williams is below average in walk rate and strikeout rate and ground ball rate. Daniel Mengden gives up a lot of fly balls, yeah, but he is below average in strikeout rate, but he has an elite walk rate. It's 2.5 percent right now. Hmm. So I, I think there's there's less look there's there's always a slim margin for error for this kind of pitcher. It's the same thing with Miles Michaelis. Yeah. Um, well, but My- Michaelis has a little bit of a different case just because he does get a lot of ground balls. Yeah, and he throws a little harder, yeah, but just, yeah, it's it's the same because you work so much in the strike zone, you're going to they're going to be blows. But I just think we've we've seen from Daniel Mangan 120 innings going back to last season where he's been good and not in a in a totally fluky way. Yeah, and I mean he has a great minor league track record. I just I think there's some correction coming here, specifically with home runs and and BAPIP, which is not like insanely low, but he gives up a ton of line drives. So I I think he may be useful. I still think Trevor Williams is useful, but is he like on the fringes of must own? I don't I don't think he's anywhere. Either of them are anywhere close to that. All right, I, I just I think it is worth noting that Magnet has a very cool mustache. If that yes, means, he does. That's yeah. also blurring my opinion. Right. I mean, if that means something to you, if that's important, then go for it. You know, add add Daniel Magnin and his super cool mustache. Uh, are these players worth an ad? Harrison Bader is eight percent owned. Yes or no, Harrison Bader? 
Did we did we talk about this on the podcast or was it after? Because I definitely said something stupid about the Cardinals outfield yesterday, and I cannot remember if it was recorded or not. Well, you didn't know Tyler O'Neill was being sent down. Right, but like I think you you asked us Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill, and I can't remember if it was on the podcast. I hope it wasn't because I definitely said Harrison Bader if it wasn't. <laughs> well, but still, I mean, Ozuna's day to day. He's still the fourth outfielder unless they just sit Fowler. Yeah, he's the fourth outfielder, but they see he seems to have adapted what they were doing with Tyler O'Neill, which is you know what the Pirates are doing with Austin Meadows, what the Mets are doing with Brandon Nimmo. Like, um, Bader has more experience in center. That's, I think, the big difference between yeah. him and O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Is he, is, and, he, uh, is he worth an ad? He's 8% owned, Harrison Bader. Like, he, he should be more than 8% owned. But, like, of those three, less than full-time, uh, but, you know, coming with a prospect pedigree outfielders, <laughs> he'd, he'd be third on the list. Because I think... I mean, Dexter Fowler, I guess, is worse than even Corey Dickerson. And, you know, like, even Corey Dickerson, like, Corey Dickerson's bad, but you know what I'm saying. He's, he, if all three outfielders are, outfields are completely healthy, Dexter Fowler's the low guy, but he's making so much money that it would be hard for them, them to just turn him into a bench player. So, uh, I think, I think, um, Bar- Barnes has the hardest chance of breaking the lineup on a full-time basis. Bader. 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 Sorry. Harrison Barnes. Hey. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why I always call it. That's not that the first the time I've referred to him as Harrison you know? Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, is this guy worth an ad? He's 26% owned. He's Jordan Lyles, and he threw seven innings, two runs, seven strikeouts against the Marlins. Previous yes. two starts were kind of rocky. Home against Atlanta next week. Jordan Lyles, 26% owned. I mean, I wish he didn't do this because now there's this flirtation that's going to begin all over again. I think the fact that only one of his starts, uh, he exceeded 10 swinging strikes is enough for me to, to cool it on Jordan Lyles, even though he pitched well this time. It was, you know, obviously the Marlins. Yeah. They're just such a good matchup. Is Wade LeBlanc worth an ad? 260 ERA, nine walks, 35 strikeouts. At Kansas, uh, on the year, no, excuse me, he's at Houston next week. At Houston no. next week. Okay, no, no way LeBlanc. And, you know, Chris is somebody you said you were interested to see. A guy pitching on two days rest through 60 pitches, four scoreless innings against the Cubs, Seth Lugo. Not necessarily ticketed for the rotation, but maybe a long-term RP eligible guy, Seth Lugo? Is he RP eligible? I don't know, actually. Uh, I, I believe he is. Okay. Um, this wasn't a terribly impressive start. I know it is under difficult circumstances. He only threw his, cha- his curveball nine times, so that's supposed to be the bread and butter pitch. Um, so I, I'll give him an incomplete for this one. I, I wouldn't say he's worth adding outside of deeper leagues right now. Okay, yeah, that's Seth Lugo. And again, they, I mean, they have a full rotation, but if he pitches – and, you know, I was talking to my Mets – Mets fan friend, I said, you think Lugo can make the rotation? He made a good point. He's so valuable for them in middle relief that they might want to keep him there. All right, the big news, part two. Noah Syndergaard expects to miss one to two starts. Reese Hoskins expected to miss several weeks with a broken jaw, and the Phillies called up – oh, I listened to the pronunciation this morning and I already forgot. I think it's Cousins. Dylan Cousins. Yeah. That's I'm I'm pretty confident in that. He he's a bat you have to worry about. You could call him Le Cousins Dangereux. 
not sure I get that. In fact, I'm sure I don't get that. <laughs> um, Arrested Development. Oh, uh, the new Arrested Development? No, no, this is OG. AD. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that. So Cousins, do we want to add Dylan Cousins? He was. Um, he and Reese Hoskins were like the Bash Brothers of Double A Reading a couple years ago, but Cousins. Strikeout rate has really gotten the better of him the last couple of years. I think he was hitting like 220 at AAA. Tons of power, but like if he's not making that kind of if he's if he's getting buried in batting average at AAA, I don't I don't expect a big performance in the 269 majors. strikeouts in 185 games at AAA. Yeah, that's a lot. He's not a pitcher, so uh, <laughs> okay. So we can ignore Cousins. Alex Cora expects Mookie Betts back this weekend. Carlos Martinez is suspected to is expected to return Tuesday, and Max Scherzer watched the hockey game during his start. He was DHing, so in between innings, when they were hitting, he would go into the locker room and watch the Capitals hockey game. That's a dedicated Capitals fan. And Alex Wood, by the way, had his upcoming start pushed back one day, uh, partially because of lingering calf cramps. So I think he is set to go tomorrow. I wanted. It to wasn't the- a sushi thing. He didn't eat sushi. No, I don't think so. Okay, thank goodness. I wanted to do the May All-Stars. Yeah, let's do like, it. Just for the month of May? Yeah. Okay. It's the best at each position during the month of May. So I'm going to have you guess. You will guess incorrectly on almost all of them, I'm sure. Come on. Give us some credit. Who was the best catcher? Well, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Who was the best catcher in the month of May? Gary Sanchez. I'm going to say Francisco Cervelli. You both wrong. It was by a mile. By By what? <laughs> 20, no, by 16 points, which is a lot. Salvador Perez, he hit eight home runs. Yeah. Eight home runs. He only batted 232. Is this kind of eyeballing the numbers and you're picking out who's best? Or oh, is no, based no. on fantasy points? Or? I ran, yeah, it's based on fantasy points. Okay. Cool feature if you play on CBSSports.com. You can do a custom report with the date range. You can choose different categories, what, whatnot. Uh, so I just did a custom report for the month of May. Perez is number one. Then Wilson Contreras, John Hicks, Evan Gaddis, Ray Almuto, Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Got to go a long way to get to our guesses. I know. That was a good start. And Cervelli's like 10th. Yeah. Cervelli did miss some time. He had a three-run homer yesterday. Uh, all right, so you can give analysis if you see fit, or we can go on to first base. Let's move on. Who's your number one first baseman in points leagues? I doubt he was in Roto, but in points, number one first baseman. Brandon Bell. Good guess, but incorrect. Ah, Freddie Freeman. Number two. It is Anthony Rizzo. Oh, 293, really? yeah. This is a hell wow. of a month. 293, seven home runs, 28 RBIs, which is tops in, at least at the position. Uh, 18 walks of 10 strikeouts. That's why I said yes in points, maybe not in a roto. Yeah, and I had, I had, oh, like every time I got the question, what's wrong with Anthony Rizzo on Twitter, I'd, I'd been like nothing, but, um, I'm surprised I still get that question if he was the best first baseman in May. Freddie Freeman's number two. Freeman hit five home runs this month. That's pretty good. But for the year, I think he has, what, nine? Like, his ISO is pretty low. His batting average is super high. Is there anything other – you think that will even out? Uh, I, I, Freeman? You know, I, I think that's – like, I don't think he's a lock for 30 homers. and I think he's going to hit over 300. I, yeah, I his, think it's kind of just who he is. His career high is 34. He was – Probably gonna 
break that last but, year, yeah. but not by much. What? No, I had 28 homers in 117 games. Yeah, yeah he was the, the pace, pace he was on before the injury, and he said he would, felt like he was swinging newspaper at the end of the season. So yeah, I guess I, I think it, it's more likely he gets better than worse. But I think this is kind of a variant of who he is. All right, who uh, you better get this right? Top second baseman of May. I better get it right. Yeah, he's uh, he, by fifty-one. Oh, Jose, Jose Ramirez. <laughs> Jose Ramirez, 51.5 fantasy points better than number two, Scooter Jeanette. Wow, what a month for Jose Ramirez. 336 batting average, 11 homers, 25 RBIs, more walks than strikeouts, 12 doubles, 5 steals, and 26 runs. (laughs) Have we talked about his last 365 days? We can. 322 batting average, 40 home runs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 61 doubles, 98 yeah. RBI, 119 Whoa. runs, 19 steals, 63 walks, 64 st- strikeouts. 40 homers and 60 doubles. And four triples. He has 105 <laughs> extra base hits over the last 365 days. That's 155 games. That's amazing. He like he keeps getting better. Like He shouldn't have been as good as he was two years ago when he hit 11 home runs, right, with a high batting average, and he just keeps getting better. <laughs> there was, better. There was a really good for the major league lead in home run. There was a really good piece in The Athletic yesterday talking about how the Indians, organizationally, their organizational philosophy is not to put ceilings on young players. But having said that, they had no idea he was this good. So if you're drafting today, where are you taking Jose Ramirez, who's also third base eligible, by the way? He has to be a first-round pick at this point. Yep, and I actually did that exercise last week, uh, what the first two rounds would look like today. He was a first-rounder. Where in the first round? I mean, is he ahead of Stanton at this point? Yeah, yeah, he's ahead of Stanton, was actually a late second-rounder. So he's... um How far from Altuve is he at this point? Like, he's not going to hit for the same batting average. I mean, but he's not going to be far. Like if you if you talk about like just pure batting average talent, in as far as we can measure that, he's top three or four in the majors. Yeah, so I'm trying to pull up the article here. Here it is. Um, and it's possible he'd be even higher after you know what was an insane weekend. But well, when I did this exercise, that looks like it was republished without the photos, so that's fun. Um. It was, oh, now we got the autoplay video popping up. CBS Sports, fun site to visit. Uh, okay, so he was ninth. Oh, ninth, okay. Ninth, yes, he was behind Scherzer. He was ahead of Trey Turner. So with Ramirez, Turner stole two bases yesterday. Or with Stanton, I mean, like, if we believe in Giancarlo Stanton, he might have this type of month in June. You know? I mean, John Carlos Stanton, when he gets hot, get hotter than just about anyone in baseball. Uh, I, I would obviously take Jose Ramirez ahead of him. Just, like, why not at this point? But late second round pick for John Carlos Stanton, that's kind of a hot take. Uh, I think that's where Heath had him before the season. Okay. Alright. He was 23rd, John Carlos Stanton, just ahead of Joey Votto and just behind Gary Sanchez. Guess who the number one third baseman was last week, last month? The number one third baseman last month. Uh, Jose Ramirez. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> yep. Jose oh, Ramirez. Yeah. Alright, but who is number that two? Sense. That makes sense. Um, Mike Mustakis. No. Okay. Uh, no. I'm gonna go with Manny Machado. Good guess, but no. It's Nolan Arenado. And number three was Eugenio Suarez, batted 296 with 
eight ding-dongs. Amazing. Having a great year. He came back from a fractured wrist and has missed no time. Who's the number one shortstop in May? 42 points better than number two, Gene Segura. Manny Machado. No. Okay. Idiot. Uh, (laughs) Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Lindor. Yeah. Lindor batted 373 with 10 home runs. Only one steal. How many steals does he have on the year? He had 13 doubles. He's got six steals this year. Man, you don't want to face the Indians right now. Those two guys are just crushing, and so is Encarnacion. Uh, who is the number one outfielder in the month of May? The number one outfielder in May was without question. I mean, it, it, it wasn't Trout. It was. Okay. Then it was Betts. Who was number three? Wait, Betts isn't number one? No, he, cause he's missed the last four games. Yeah, or that's something. true. That hasn't helped. Uh, number three, hmm, was, was it JD Martinez? No, he's five. Okay. George Springer. Michael Brantley. Oh, okay. <laughs> and how about yeah. the Red Sox have three outfielders in the top five in May? And Andrew Benintendi's had an awesome May. Uh, yeah. he, he's so, got nine steals, Benintendi. So the strength of the Indians is their pitching staff, right? And yet they had the number one second baseman, the number one third baseman, granted it was the same player, the number one shortstop, and the number three outfielder. <laughs> Yeah, like and not, uh, they're not they're not many games o- over five hundred, but like they're as much as a of a World Series contender as uh, the Astros, Yankees, or Red Sox. Well, they had as of as of like last week the worst bullpen ERA in baseball, and Miller's back on the DL. But if they get that fixed, and I think they can. They can get that fixed. Yeah. that's something you can. I picked them to win the World Series. Yeah, yeah, they've had the best pitcher and the best hitter in baseball over the last. Uh, calendar year by a pretty healthy margin. You think he's, has he been better than Trout? I guess he has. Yeah, cause Trout, Trout missed like four games. That's the only reason. Uh, who has been the number one starting pitcher in the month of May? It's not Scherzer. Okay. Is it Scherzer's teammate? No. It's not Scherzer. So is it somebody who's won a lot of games? In the it month of to. May, he's three and oh. Yeah, um, I am going to say it's. It, you said it's not Scherzer's teammate. Oh, is it Justin Verlander? It's Verlander, right? He's third. It is James Paxton. Oh, oh okay. One six seven ERA, fifty one strikeouts to nine walks and forty. It's not Jeremy Hellickson. No, but Daniel Mengden is fifth. Check out this group: Paxton, Scherzer, Verlander, Severino, Mengden, Nola, Kluber, Newcomb, Sale, Cole, Stripling, Strasburg, Morton. It's like. All the best pitchers plus Mangdon, Newcomb, great start yesterday. Oh, two strikeouts, but still a good start yesterday. Stripling, uh, fun month for those guys. And who's the number one relief pitcher in the month of May? Edwin Diaz. No, no. It's in the, is not, it in the notes? Have a great, no, it's not. Okay. It's actually, you'll, you'll never get it. It's Blake Trinan. He okay. Had 10 saves. Yeah, his numbers look really good, actually. And, yeah. uh, it seems to be in a good situation for saves. Uh, can we talk about Nukem a little? Because I'm a little, like, obviously he's having a great year. Yeah, hang on just one second. I just want to mention okay. that, uh, honorable mention to Fernando Rodney. I do have to eat peeps, because I lost the bet. Fernando Rodney's still the closer. I was gonna yeah. go get peeps yesterday. You cannot Oh, you're not gonna them. be able to, you, we're gonna have to do this bet. No, I, 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 I ordered them on Amazon. They're on their way. Oh, that's... <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's Scott, as I said on the Fantasy Football Today podcast yesterday, Scott White and four-year-old children are the only people who like peeps. There's That's a, not true. It's true. I, that, 
the moment when you dunked your when you were using peeps to sweeten your tea is on like that's a super villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I I felt like the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit to make uh, another. Oh, like that is that. that is something that like Mister Glass from Unbreakable does in yeah. like a a deleted scene. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good way to sweeten tea. I, I'm thinking about buying Peeps just for that purpose because I haven't really <laughs> liked. Uh, I don't like tea, first of all, but sometimes you need that little that little jolt of caffeine. I'm not you're, a coffee drinker. You're so a monster. I'll have I'm extra. a monster. Yeah, I want to do it repeatedly. <laughs> all right, Scott, uh, I'll send you the ones that I don't eat. Yeah, let's talk about Sean Newcomb here, and let's get back to uh, to Thursday's action. Newcomb had a rough first inning, turned it around. I think he get you know, seven innings, two runs, two strikeouts, but 12 swinging strikes, and he still has more than a strikeout per inning. Uh, go for it. I'm a little worried about recent trends with Sean Newcomb. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Early in the season. That's Chris saying this now. Chris, by you the totally way. like People stole Scott's spot. Yeah, that, that you just Scott was like, let me talk about Sean Newcomb. And I was like, <laughs> Scott, tell me about Sean Newcomb. Oh. <laughs> and then you got Chris. You got Towers. I'm I'm just gonna walk out of the room. You guys are both worried about nuclear. Last four starts, 22 innings, only 16 strikeouts versus 12 walks. That is bad. If he started that season that way, uh, despite having a 2.45 ERA during that stretch, we would say there is a major regression coming for Sean Newcomb and buyer beware and all of that stuff. And I'm not really sure that we shouldn't feel that way now. Now, one thing I did notice is he had gotten away at the start of the stretch from throwing a, throwing his curveball, which was his best pitch in the minors. It was why he often earned comparisons to John Lester. And for some reason, he was just going fastball changeup, I guess because it was working for him. Um, but he actually did start throwing the curveball again in this most recent start. It didn't help in the result, obviously, but I, I see it as an encouraging sign. Obviously, I'm not really doing anything with Newcomb based on this news now, but it's something to monitor. Like, I'm monitoring his curveball usage, and I'm monitoring what happens with the walks and strikeouts going forward. Because if that doesn't improve, then he's going to get worse. Okay. Let's uh, let's look at some guys who are, are hitting well and hitting poorly right now. Tell me if you think they are back to normal or if it's just a little streak. Paul Goldschmidt, 7 for 24 with two home runs. Two walks, seven strikeouts, a double and a triple in his last six games. Paul Goldschmidt. I think it's the start of the turnaround. I do. Okay. I would like to see that walk-strikeout ratio be better. Two walks, seven strikeouts. But, it's I mean, it's only a matter of time, right? Um, Edwin Encarnacion, he's batting 414 with three home runs, two walks, six strikeouts, three doubles in his last seven games. So similarly to Goldschmidt, Coming out of it a little bit, even even better than Goldschmidt, but still a lot of strikeouts. Uh, is this the start of something? Is this the start of the, you know, back to normal for Edwin Encarnacion? Yeah, I think with Edwin Encarnacion, it's just, it's a confirmation that he's not washed up. Miguel which Sano, is all you wanted to see. Sorry, Chris. Miguel Sano, he's 7 for 25 in his last five games. No walks, nine strikeouts. Two home runs, two doubles. Hitting a little bit better than broadcasters yesterday said. They're seeing some signs that he's starting to hit the ball better, but Miguel Sano, what do you think? I don't. Well, let me let me phrase this carefully. I don't feel like uh, our our expected positive outcome for Miguel Sano is anywhere close to those other two. So, uh, with that context in mind, I think this is I think this is a good sign. I think 
I think we're seeing that he's this isn't going to be a lost season for him. He's going to hit for power and be useful. Yeah, I hate the plate discipline though. Well, yeah, walks, but that's 40. always a problem. But usually yeah. he gets you a lot of walks. I mean, the strikeouts are always like... a problem. He does normally walk a lot, but it's a small sample, and it's hard to it's I hard just, to criticize the walk rate over that sample too much. I just think he's probably a poor man's Joey Gallo. That's fine. Uh, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is yeah, he's, fine. Yeah, he's, he's back. No, no concerns. Okay, lowest walk rate since 2006. That's fine. Lowest K rate since 2010. That seems good. That's good. Uh, alright, is this, <laughs> do you know what I was just referencing there? No. Scott, do you? A very goofy movie? Say it again? That's good. Oh wait, that's, that's good. That's bad. It's a, it's a famous Simpsons scene where he buys the Krusty doll. Uh huh. That's amazing. I don't remember that Simpsons Alright, fine, I'm gonna tell you a quick story, Scott. I don't think I said this on the air. If I did, I'm sorry for repeating it. I'm walking in New York City two or three weeks ago. I see a guy, and you're probably not, you're probably not even gonna get this because you know your Simpsons knowledge is just not measuring up. I see a guy with a Kirk Van Houten T-shirt, Millhouse's dad. Uh huh. He has headphones on. I wait for him to cross the street. I approach him. I say, hey, "Excuse me, excuse me." He takes off his headphones. I go, "Can I borrow a feeling?" Yeah. You don't get it. Can I borrow? Yeah, a no, feeling? I get, I get it. And he was like, Can he was very. Me a jar <laughs> yes, of love. Thank that's you. My, yeah, that's my impression of him saying that. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought um, it was. I thought it was a very funny story. He didn't get it. He did. He loved it. Made his oh, day. Okay. Yes. All right. That that story mm-hmm. is as troubling as Scott putting peeps in his teeth. <laughs> you is walked it? up to a person with <laughs> headphones on uh-huh. and asked them to. You put headphones on for the express purpose of not you having put, Yahoo you put walk a up mil- to you on the street. You put a Kirk Van Houten t-shirt on for the express you purpose of having you Simpsons want, you fans. You want people to comment on your show. 100%. Don't, you don't you want people to be inside the joke. You do not <laughs> talk to people who have headphones on. Touch that my is, hand with your glove That is love. my nightmare. Uh, all right. Is this just a slump <laughs> or is it something more? Mitch Hanniger entering yesterday's game when he went 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Was batting 242 with one stinking home run and a 683 OPS in May. It's even lower than that now. Just a slump or or something much worse for Mitch Haniger. What was his injury? I'm injury. just wondering if maybe there's some because he was on the DL, right? No. Was no? he? I thought he missed some time. I... He he did. He was having a wrist. He did miss some time with a, a yeah. I bruised wonder. Wrist. That's. That's my concern when, I mean, obviously we've talked about Eugenio Suarez. It hasn't impacted him, but wrist injuries can linger longer than the actual injury. But that was only for the final week of May. It's, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, totally wash out your point, but at the same time, like that doesn't explain the whole month. I mean, he still has a 303 bat dip on the year. So, um, part of this was just, you know, he was performing over his head before. Yeah, his overall numbers look like last year's. But, like, he's still – his hard contact percentage for this year is still high. The fly ball rate is still in the area you want to see for a power hitter. Like, I, I think I think he's still good and, like, a top 20 outfielder. Mitch Hanniger. All right, how about Odubel Herrera? Odubel Herrera went 0 for 4 with a strikeout yesterday. He's now outside the top 20, still a top 24 outfielder. Um, before yesterday, he had a 224 batting average, a 602 OPS in his last 15 games. We, and look, the, like he doesn't have great plate discipline. 
this is kind of always what I have been saying. Udub Herrera got on base every single game, and you would have thought he'd be like a top eight outfielder at that point. He wasn't. He was like 13th or something. So I, I just, I'm just never been a big Odubo Herrera guy, and I felt really stupid. Now I feel less stupid. But still, a I mean, stupid. if like, here's the thing: ISO last year 171, this year 172. Babbitt last year 345, this year 357. He he's basically the same guy he was last year, but with a much higher walk rate and a much lower strikeout rate, and I think that's sustainable. So, like I. I feel like the full, like, yeah, obviously he got hot there for a while and he's not hot now. But I feel like the full season numbers look basically legit. Okay, well, he full season numbers, he's top 24 outfielder. Is that what you think of Odubel Herrera? If he's not in my top 24, he's not far outside it. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Let's go to Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry has a 721 OPS in May. 255 batting average. Yeah. Kind of crummy month. Is this uh, was, just a slump? No, I think I think that was a return to earth for Jed Lowry, who even as that hot streak was going on, you looked at the batted ball profile and his history, you knew it couldn't last, and it hasn't. And you can like I I don't know I don't know how droppable he is, maybe in like the standard head to head lineup, uh, but not in leagues with middle infield spots. How about Yoan Moncada, Chris? He has he's had a terrible month. Moncada's really slumped. He was actually hurt. He was. He was on the DL, right? Yes, yes. he was. Yes, he was. Um and he was playing pretty well before that. Yeah, I mean I I, I just think he's probably not going to hit for a high average and you're just going to have to live with that, but like his over like like we've said with a number of these guys, his overall numbers for the season, he's on about a 20 homer, 15 pace, a uh, 15 steal pace, a little more. 240 that's probably about what he's going to hit. Like everything overall looks like what I expect it to look like, and I think it probably makes him a little Rugnet Odori, but useful. Ugh, God, I don't want him to hit two forty. That stinks. <laughs> and is this just a slump or something more for Justin Upton? Yeah, he's been really streaky. First twenty nine games, he batted two twenty eight with four home runs. Next thirteen games, he batted three forty with seven home runs. The next 12 games, Upton batted 150 with one extra base hit. So honestly, you look at his entire season, he has had one good 13-game stretch. It's basically what it comes down to. And he's 26th in points, 21st in roto at outfield, Justin Upton. So, I don't know if you – did you guys watch the basketball game last night? J.R. Smith. Right. So LeBron was asked about J.R. Smith, and there was very much a, like – there was a point where LeBron says, like, well – I just need to do a better job of telling J.R. Smith what the game situation is. <laughs> and it, you can tell, like, it's like, this is what you have to live with when J.R. Smith is on your team and you're LeBron James. This is what you have to live with with Justin Upton. Like, <laughs> what, are you going to go outside on a sunny day and complain that it's too bright? Like, you knew what you were getting into with Justin Upton. He's streaky. He's not going to be consistent. He never has been. He never will be. But... There's nothing actionable about Justin Upton not playing well for a little while. All right. And I wanted to – Scott, can you, like, really, really quickly tell us who the next couple prospects who are coming up might be? Eloy Jimenez, is he a thing right now? Uh, he was uh, – obviously, I was out all week, so I didn't do the prospects report. But in the last one I did, yes, he was, he was he joined my top five prospects to stash. I think he will be up this summer. He is one of the best – uh, bats in the minors, and that was known even before coming 
even before the start of this season. Uh, so he's somebody who's interesting to stash. Willie Adamas would still be on that list after getting his feet wet for the Rays. Uh, obviously, um, Vladimir Guerrero would probably be at the very top of the list. Okay. Uh, let's do some buy or sell from the listeners that I didn't get to yesterday. Buy or sell from Caleb. Austin Meadows stays up all season and gets regular at-bats. Buy. Uh, I would say, I would classify them as semi-regular bats. But yes, at this point I'm buying, he's up rest of season. Shane Gully, buy or sell Josh Donaldson is waiver wire fodder and finishes outside oh, the top 15. Come 30. on. Sell. Okay. Buy low on Josh Donaldson. Uh, from Chris, Ross Stripling is this year's Alex Wood as a starting pitcher with relief pitcher eligibility. He won't be as good, but buy. Well then sell. <laughs> You can't be like, no, true, I, like, buy. he will be a very good spark, <laughs> but he will be exactly as good as Alex Wood was last year. Sell. All right, fine. Uh, from Keith, Trey Turner bats first or second in the Nationals order when Eaton and Murphy come back. Bye. Yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Sure. From Alexander Eli, Paul Goldschmidt hits 25 home runs by or sell. Bye. Bye. Ooh, boy. Buy or sell, I am going to be able to hold this sneeze in. Sell. Buy. Yeah, I'm buying it. it. I did it. Let it go. I got it. Uh, From Gabe, buy or sell, Gene Segura finishes as a top five shortstop. Buy. Sell. Sell. Sell it. Yeah. Sell it. That's going to be tough to do because you got – That's true. The position is ridiculous (laughs) right now. You got Machado, Lindor, Correa, Turner. He's number three right now. Uh, And who am I missing? Obviously, Seager's out. Bogarts is there. Yeah, that – and uh, I would put Didi Gregorius still in that conversation. Javier Baez. Did you say Bregman? I mean, there's a chance he's in the top five, but I would, I would set the odds against it. All right. From Joe, buy or sell. Madison Bumgarner is top twenty starting pitcher rest of season. Bye. He comes back Tuesday. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I mean, why not I'd top buy. ten? I'd well, probably put him outside the top ten, but top twenty for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I could probably buy top ten. From Mike. Buy or sell the field beats Max Scherzer for NL Cy Young voting. For NL Cy Young. Sell. He's going to trip? Sell, <laughs> sell, sell. That'll be his fourth Cy Young. Like bad sod? <laughs> that seems about the only thing that's going to stop him. Yeah. All right, news and notes. St. Louis sent Tyler O'Neill to AAA. Byron Buxton will be reevaluated in five days. D. Gordon's back. Beltre's back. Chris Davis is back. Miguel Cabrera could be back today. Joey Lucchese's nearing a rehab assignment. Dustin Madroya sat with knee soreness. Javier Baez walked for the first time in 183 plate appearances. And Jung Ho Gong will begin playing minor league games today. I did really want to hear from the people. Also, I, I don't think we're going to get to this, so I just want to say two things. One, even with this bad start, I think Andrew Heaney is under-owned at 71%. Um, and he's got Agreed. the Royals next week. I agree with that. But I have had this week in our Roto League where Fernando Romero was awful at the Royals. And Andrew Heaney was awful at the Tigers. And those look like layups to me. And was there one more? No, that's hey, I'm not in last place in that league anymore. That's pretty much it. And I'm just getting really frustrated with these pitchers who I I buy into, and then they just suck. And I don't know what to say about this. It's almost 
Like when there's a guy like Fernando Romero who comes up and does really well for like four starts or whatever, or take a guy like Ross Stripling, I will do everything in my power to try to sell them for a more established pitcher. Uh, I, I but like, but Adam, you know, one bad start. I know. And I you're know. not expecting it. Doesn't mean the guy's bad. No, I know. Like I that's know, it's just it's kind of the way baseball is. I I I feel I I feel yeah. I'm not really articulating this well. But I still feel like pitching has been surprisingly abundant this year. Like, there have been a lot of guys to pick up. The rookies have been great. You know, Tyler Skaggs is also on this team I'm looking at. Like, there have been a lot of, like, good options. There still are not that many pitchers that I trust all the time, every time out. Yeah. Whatever you can do to get as that's many of those, those guys as possible, do it. Yeah. No, that's – okay. No, I, I actually wrote something along those same lines last year, and I still believe it. But there – how many how many pitchers fit that category? Maybe a couple dozen? Right, right. Um, that everybody – yeah, if you can get your hands on one, it's and, probably the best asset in fantasy. Right and now. a bunch of those guys have been not reliable so far. And the other thing I want to say is in this Roto League, like I went to pick someone up last night. He's already owned by Scott. I wish I had him, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Sir Anthony Dominguez has not given up a run. Has he given up a, he's given up like what, one hit this year? Two hits. Two Two hits. hits. He's given up two base runners total. In 13 and two thirds innings. He's a .15 whip and has not given up an earned run. Unbelievable. And he got to say a two out, a two inning save yesterday. Yeah, after Hector Neris had been pretty shaky his last his previous three outings. Uh, I mean, if there's any team I feel like wouldn't settle on a closer all season, it's the Phillies, the way Gabe Kapler's done things there. But, like, I think he believes Sir Anthony Dominguez at this point is their best reliever, and I think he'll, we'll see more save opportunities like this. Two notes. One, the Phillies have not used a pinch runner at all this season. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and while we're talking about bullpens in the state of Pennsylvania, yeah. we have to talk about Felipe Vasquez, right? Yes, he pitched three days in a row after coming back from an arm injury and, and crushed. You give him a little, a little benefit of the doubt there, but that is four blown saves now. I think that's four out of his last five save opportunities have been blown saves. Now he hasn't really allowed a run in two of them. I think he came on with, uh, with runners on, but he has allowed 12 hits in his last six appearances, including seven runs. He has but two that, walks. But those, those seven and, runs, isn't that two appearances? Yes, but he's yeah. also allowed inherited runners to score in two of those. Okay, so are are you picking up what Crick? Is that who you picked up? I picked up Kyle Crick in the For the People League. I think he's been used as the eighth inning guy there. Uh, I think he's a former top pitching prospect, and he's pitched really well this season. Like part of it is, it isn't totally clear who would replace Vasquez if if something were to happen. Uh, yeah, Edgar Santana. I've seen people pick up him. I actually think Richard Rodriguez is the Pirates' best reliever, including Vasquez at his best. Uh, but he hasn't been consistently used in that setup role, so who knows? I mean, I, I guess Crick is probably the odds-on favorite, but it's not its not like a clear uh, guy in waiting. Yeah, it's been Michael Feliz and Kyle Crick in the eighth inning for the most part. Uh, Edgar Santana has been their best pitcher th- reliever this year. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, I would say. Oh, okay. Well, Edgar Santana's One, been 109 the 109 fifth for okay. Richard Rodriguez. All right. 
All right, enough. Enough out of you guys. Let's Kyle Crick. Two star pitchers. <laughs> We're gonna go long today and read the emails because I just feel like I've been neglecting the emailers. Uh are you gonna start or sit Zach Godley next week at San Francisco and at Colorado? Uh That's probably tough. sit him. Maybe yeah. not in a points league, but certainly in a categories league. Yeah. How about Luis Castillo, Colorado and St. Louis at home? I'm starting him. Yep. Julio Tehran at San Diego at the Dodgers. Points league only. Yeah. Sean Manaya at Texas, home against Kansas City. I'll start him. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right. So I'm going to go with Fernando Romero, White Sox and Angels at home. Yeah. What about Odorizzi after a terrible start yesterday, White Sox and Angels at home? I I don't think so. In points, fine, but this was coming. Kyle Freeland at Cincinnati, home against the Diamondbacks. I'm not excited about it. Like It's definitely not something I'm necessarily looking to do. But among those owned in less than 80% of the leagues, he's probably one of the more usable options. We like Duffy. Oh, we like Musgrove for sure. Danny Duffy at the Angels at Oakland. I would rather not. I'd rather not too. But again, among those less than 80% owned, he's one of the more usable options. Ronaldo Lopez at Minnesota and at Boston. No. Nope. No way. Nope. All right, we we talked about these other guys. So there's Clayton Richard, uh, Zach Eflin we didn't talk about, Jose Arana, Marco Estrada, Nathan or Nate Evaldi, and there that's the only one. You're not going to touch anyone else. Brad Keller at the Angels and at Oakland. Probably not, but like we talked about, I think, yesterday, he's worth watching. So between Richard, Eflin, Arana, and Evaldi, who would you go with? I would go with Arana. I'd go with Evaldi. All right. Let's read emails. People, I appreciate all the emails. Uh, I got to do a better job responding to them and trying to read them on the air. Wish we could do a two-hour show. You might, you probably don't, but I wish we could. Andrew says, "Dear Brandon, Zoe, Coos, and Julius. Yes, Coos, Coos, Coos. You guys have no idea, right? Is this that is the Lakers' from- young core? Oh, Ingram, Ball, Kuzma, Randall." I don't know. I don't think I know Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Did he come over from I the Cavs? I remember Kevin Kuzmanov. Was he was he part of the of a trade or did they draft him? I believe they drafted him as a result of a trade. All right. Well, th- then I'm right. Should I be targeting Cody Bellinger as a buy low? Yeah. Yeah. Like yes. It. Yeah. As best is yet to come. Josh from California. Buy or sell Jose Abreu will finish as a top three first baseman. Sell. I sell. I mean, it won't be far outside. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, though. Like, the elite first baseman summer struggling. Abreu is number three right now in points. Um, probably up there in Roto, too. Okay, this is from Chad. Dear George, Kramer, Newman, and Elaine. Who? Yeah. Right, what, the... what happened to, what happened to Jerry? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh my god, did you guys see Jerry Seinfeld and Dave Letterman talking about Joey Votto? No. I... On J- Dave Letterman's show yesterday, look it up. It's awesome. Okay. And then Joey Votto had some great quotes about it yesterday. Okay. Check uh, it out. It's really cool. Who do you like better, Gaddis or Contreras? Contreras. Yep. Would you drop Gaddis or Enciarte to make room for Adam Eaton? If you already had Contreras, I would drop yeah. Gaddis. Okay, yeah, it is a category sleep. Uh, from Chris, who's the pitcher to own between Mengden, Caleb Smith, or Joe Musgrove in a points league? Mm-hmm. 
how are your relievers? Uh, I don't know. Well, His name's Chris. You should answer that. <laughs> well, well, because two of them are Sparks, Smith and Musgrove. Yeah, so that that would I, be. The... I, I mean, either way, for me, it's Smith. Like he's the most. He, he's the pitcher with the highest ceiling of these three. I feel like Musgrove's been really interesting. He's throwing like three miles per hour harder, Scott. Yeah, but he's not missing bats as a result. You're not missing. Bats. I really, <laughs> I really question that three miles per hour harder thing. I, or at the very least, I question. Okay, how much look, he's look. throwing it? Because I, because I feel like he's usually throwing his two seamer, and he's he's usually throwing like ninety two, ninety three throughout the game. All, all I can say is whether like the various pitching trackers agree with each other, they agree with themselves. He is throwing hard. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Eric, dear Schmidt, Nick, and Winston. Oh, I finished season five yesterday of New Girl. Good stuff. Someone in my league dropped you, Darvish. How much of my seventy-eight dollars out of hundred originally am I spending to get you, Darvish? Twenty-eight. That's it. Forty. Forty. Okay. Forty-eight. Yeah, I'd, I'd go up to forty-eight. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of depends if it's daily or weekly fab. If it's daily fab, there's no reason you have to save those dollars. Nobody's that on top of the waiver wire every day. Here's Walker from Edmonton. I need some advice on pitcher ads. Five by five categories. Who should I pick up? Duffy, Marco Gonzalez, Matt Boyd, Evaldi, or Musgrove? Duffy, Marco Gonzalez, Boyd, Evaldi, Musgrove. Gonzalez, unless you have a relief pitcher spot, in which case it would be Musgrove. All right. Ryan is browsing around fan graphs and noticed that Andrew Suarez has a 349 Sierra. Uh, he's got a very high home run to fly ball rate despite pitching in AT&T. And a uh, good walk strikeout ratio. Is there anything here? And remember, we had a similar question about Marco Gonzalez a couple weeks ago. Is there anything here with Andrew Suarez and his 349 Sierra? What kind of league do you play in that you have to dig as deep as Andrew Suarez? Like, even if there were good signs, he's not a high demand player anywhere close to it. Like, I mean, I guess if it's an NL only, if it's a league with 20 teams or more, and you're just if you ha- you have to dig that deep for upside, there's some upside there, but I don't I don't think it's particularly relevant information okay. for most players right now. Last one is from Will Buy or Sell. Aaron Nola and Blake Snell both finish with 190 to 200 innings and top five in their respective Cy Young votings. I will sell. It would be very hard to accurately predict within a 10 inning. <laughs> Mark how that many will they finish. I, I don't see Snell throwing 190 innings. I don't see I, I, any reason why he would be held back. I don't see any reason why either one of them would be held back at this point in their careers. Um, yeah, Snell just, threw. Just the fact so few pitchers did last year, I yeah. guess. Well, Snell threw 173 innings last yeah. year. There, there's no reason he physically can't do it. He all, threw 150 something the year before. All it would take is one DL stint, I guess, to throw him off. And, and that's, that's, yeah, that's the issue with Nola in particular, is yeah. he does have a history of that. Snell, I don't think he's really gotten hurt the last three or four years. It's it's feasible. Man, I'm going to sell it just because it's, it's you know, it's, he, it's uh, tough to thread that needle. Snell is on pace for 211 innings, so maybe I should shut up and revive. Yeah, they said that before the season. They said yeah. him and Archer are the only ones that they're just going to they're gonna let them pitch as much as they can. And I have let you speak as much as you can, and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. It's good to have Scott White back, and we will talk to you all on Monday. Have yourselves a merry little weekend, and uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
still don't know how to outro. Eight years on the job. See ya.